Welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast. This is First Aid Unboxed with Louise Maidley from Maidley's First Aid. Tell me about yourself and tell me about Maidley's First Aid. Well, I um, come from a medical background, spent um, 30 years in the NHS. I started off as a nurse in neuroscience, <clears throat> so I qualified um, late 90s. My very first role was the Paddington Raynal disaster, actually. Um, I was doing CPR training upstairs in UCLH um, in London, and suddenly all the bleeps went off with the recess officers. Next thing I know, I'm downstairs, and it was the Paddington Rail disaster, and that was actually day two of being qualified. So that was my introduction to nursing, so to speak, that, after I'd done my degree. That's an in interesting introduction. So you were it literally was. in at the deep end straight away. In every sense, yeah. And then what? where, where did you move on after that? What, what was the development of your career after that? Well, I was very interested in neuroscience, um, lots of reasons behind it, but the brain has always fascinated me. And I started to, uh, I was doing a um, postgrad degree in neuroscience um, at UCLH and Queen Square, which is the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery, um, where I was working, got my sister's post and did that and then decided I was actually a bit too specialist in that one area and wanted to go a bit more generalist. So I decided to go for acute and intensive care. So I was still at UCLH, but moved over to the, the big building, which is the new UCLH building, just after they'd built it uh, to a very large intensive care unit and worked there for a few years until I moved to France for three years. Decided that London was a bit busy. Bombs had gone off and all sorts of things. So decided to debunk to France for three years and worked in an, an urgence out there, learnt the language. Took me about a year to learn the language and then went off to, um, to an urgence to work there. Basically a small A&E in a place called Montebon um, near Toulouse and stayed there. In those days, you refreshed your pin, so to speak, every three years. Now it's every year, similar to revalidating these days. And needed to come back in order to do that. So was there for three years, came over, came back to do that and decided to stay, mainly due to my now husband. Met him and that was it. Um, Shropshire has been ever since. <laughs> it's always a man or a woman, isn't it? Yeah. Always why we end up living where we live. Yeah. I was actually in the middle of getting my visa ready to move to Canada. That was my plan. Um, to the French side of, of Canada was where I was heading. But yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> As they say. So you moved to Shropshire. Yeah. Um, and then where did you work when you when you first moved to Shropshire? Well, that was about 16 years ago now. I started working for a charity to begin with, just because I still had my PIN number and to decide what it was I wanted to do. Um, and then started working in accident and emergency at the Royal Shrewsbury and did some bank shifts and locums elsewhere and that sort of thing. So most of my time then was in A&E at Shrewsbury. And that, is that where you were when you finished working for the NHS or had you no, moved? No, no. I worked there, decided that I needed to do more study. I needed to do more. Um, so I started doing my ACP training, which is an advanced clinical practitioner. Started doing that at Birmingham University and medical school and worked in the community for a while. Um, and then decided to, to retire, basically. But... As with everything, um, along came COVID for everybody. So because I had worked in outreach and I'd been a, a sister in ITU before, 
I redeployed myself back into ITU for um, for COVID. So, so the COVID thing delayed your retirement, basically. It did a bit. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you're you're now retired. I am now retired. Okay. I left. And I know that you're now the person behind Maidley's First Aid. Yes. Which is based in Much Wenlock in Shropshire. Indeed. Tell me a little bit about that. Why you started it and and what you do. I've always had a passion for education, um, and not just. I've I've taught so many different people from lay people who have no medical training whatsoever right up to sort of junior doctors and so on in different areas especially ITU and mainly acute care so medical emergencies CPR all that sort of thing and was thinking what is it that I actually want to do and decided that first aid was a way to go and I absolutely love doing what I do I like taking a subject that I'm so passionate about and breaking it down making it accessible for everybody because everybody needs to know how to do CPR. And the stats are just ridiculous. 80% of cardiac arrests that occur are in the home. You know, it will be somebody's loved one. So everybody needs to know how to do it. And there are barriers as to why people don't do it. And I totally get it. What I want to do is take those barriers away because they're, they're inexcusable barriers. They don't need to be there. They are there because um, of many different reasons, including the terminology that's used. Are we going to get sued for doing it? Do I know exactly what it is that I'm doing? The statistics on the number of people who, even though they've had a first aid training, still don't feel confident to use a defib on somebody, go and grab a defib and use it in a live event is horrific. And they've already had training. And it it's not that they're not getting good training. It's just that they're not having it broken down into terminology and language that everybody can use. So I'm a huge fan of of taking that information, breaking it and demystifying it in a nutshell um, and taking the fear out of it because there is nothing to be afraid of doing first any form of first aid, especially the most critical types like cardiac arrest and CPR. It is just about your mind and how you think about it. As you say, it's about demystifying. It's about trying to get everybody to know as much as they can know that they may need in an everyday situation. Yeah. And I know you're quite passionate about this as well. I know Maidley's has won some awards as well. Tell me about that. Yeah, in May last, no, May this year, sorry, I won the FSB uh, New Startup Business of the Year Award, um, which was an utter privilege. Um, and a huge honour. I wasn't expecting it, um, I must admit. I was just sitting there and suddenly I heard my name and my husband sort of nudged me to say, you better move. <laughs> That's you, go on, up you go. And do you feel that validates what you do as well and the fact that it's not just about the business, it's about the message as well? Yeah, it's more about the message than anything else. Um, it's about educating other people. And if we can change the statistics that are as poor as they are, then... I've done my job. So the First Aid Unboxed podcast, what are we going to get when we start these podcasts on the first actual official episode? It is going to be Wednesday, the 4th of October. That's when it'll be available to everybody. And in that one, we're going to be talking about plumbing, electrics and mechanics. And this is Louise's <laughs> little, uh, how can I describe it? The way she describes the way the body works. So what can we expect in the podcast that we're going to be doing? What I do is I see the body when it comes to first aid as having three 
um, systems. So you've got your plumbing, your electrics and your mechanics. And most of first aid can go down to one of those, some to two. So your plumbing is, if anybody knows how to use a boiler or what a boiler does, it's got a pump, it's got a system with water in it and it pumps that water around the system. So when you're talking about something like a heart attack, this is your plumbing. This is when your plumbing goes wrong. You have a blockage in your plumbing. And that, as a result, can cause a cardiac arrest. A cardiac arrest is the electric system. So when that circuit goes into chaos or it stops functioning for any reason, then it will stop the heart from working. And we'll go into more detail about how that can happen. But in a nutshell, it will then stop the heart from working. You have a cardiac arrest. It goes into a funny rhythm. And that's when you need... Um, CPR. It is not the same as a heart attack. Heart attack is when you have a blockage in your plumbing. One can lead to the other, but they are not the same thing. One you can have, for example, a heart attack, you could um, have symptoms of that for many hours, many days sometimes. A cardiac arrest, you are on the floor immediately, instantly. You need that defib there, you need CPR instantly. A heart attack, very different. You need 999, you need the ambulance there, 112, immediately um, or as quickly as possible, but it's not a cardiac arrest. The heart has not stopped working. It's dysfunctional, not stopped working. That's interesting because in my head, those two things are the same thing and they're obviously not. They're completely yeah. different. They're just both the heart, but they're different issues with the heart. One's plumbing, one's electrical. Yeah. And then mechanics. Mechanics, you're talking about joints, for example. So we're talking about injuries to the body as much as anything. Not so much bleeding. Bleeding, again, is down to plumbing. You have a leak in your system, hence it is bleeding out. What do you do to stop that happening? That, in a nutshell, is is what bleeding is about. Uh, mechanics is more injuries. So if you've broken a bone, if you've done something to your mechanical being um, and the way that your, your mechanics function, that is an injury. So, yeah, three different systems I tend to talk about. So our first proper episode is going to be on the 4th of October. And in that episode, um, Louise is going to explain a lot more about the, the plumbing, the mechanics and the electric system and how they all fit together and demystifying the whole thing and how your body works. Literally, we're going to unbox the way your body works. And then subsequent episodes will tell you how you can repair it when it's all gone wrong. That That's uh, what we're going to be doing. When I asked you about doing these podcasts, you said it was very much about you really want people to know how to deal with a situation yes. when it occurs. Tell me more about that and your, your the way you campaign to get that message out there. Yeah. Uh, perfect example is um, I have, instead of doing a business card, I've done a CPR card. So it's a business card sized piece of card, basically. Um, and instead of giving out a business card, it is um, exactly what you need to do in the event of a CPR, of needing to do CPR, I should say. Um, so somebody's had a cardiac arrest, they're on the floor, what do you do? And it literally just has, I think it's five bullet points of call emergency services. It's really the chain of survival um, that's required in order to get that person um, treated as quickly as possible. Um, so how to deliver CPR, when to get the defib, um, and it just breaks it down into very small bite-sized, so you can just stick it on the floor and read it. Um, a bit like the advice leaflet that you would get in a first aid box, but more bullet pointed 
if you like. It's just five simple steps of what you need to do. Similar to the um, the one we see on the television quite a lot about, um, if you think someone's having a stroke, it's that fast, fast. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it's similar to that. Yes. Where these are the things you need to do immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and survival rates, I assume, increase. Just to give you some idea of statistics, you're looking at up to 80,000 people, this is on average, suffering out-of-hospital cardiac arrest in this country. That's 200 people every day. So there's a fair likelihood that you could well, in your lifetime, come across somebody who's had a cardiac arrest. 80% of those happen at home. So again, it increases the likelihood that it could be your, one of your loved ones that that happens to. Every minute without CPR and DFib reduces the chance of survival by 10%. Now, you've already got a situation where only one in 10 people will survive an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. So that's 10% of people that have one that are likely to survive. So for every minute, you're losing that 10% of that 10%, if that makes sense. Yes. You need to get on that chest immediately. Every minute, you are reducing that person's chance of survival. And what we'll be doing in the episode about that is, is lose we're going through the process and, and what you need to do to increase those percentages yeah. and um, increase the survival rates. Yeah. And that, that's the general idea of the podcast, really. It's a first aid podcast. Although we're going to be doing them in a particular order, you can dip in and out of whichever episode is relevant to you or you feel is relevant to you. It will build into a course, basically, for a basic first aid in the home or in the workplace or whatever. Absolutely. So that's basically what we're going to be doing. As I said, it all starts on Wednesday, the 4th of October. Uh, it's a first aid unbox with Louise Maidley from Maidley's First Aid. If you do want more information, what's the email address if people need to get in contact with you? They can contact me um, through inquiries at maidleysfirstaidplus.co.uk or on the website, it's maidleysfirstaidplus.co.uk. And as I said... We'll be back with the first proper episode on the 4th of October. Louise will be going into more detail about the way the plumbing, the electrics and the mechanics all fit together to help your body work properly. Until then, stay healthy. This is a 1386 audio production.